You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, ooh, let the dogs out. Ooh, ooh. Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Here we go. Amanda LaFrada sporting some glasses, and now she's not. She is just changing it up on me. We got a lot Blair. to talk about. Get flare? Is that what that is? No, it's I had a glare. Flare. Well, it was flare. The glasses were flare as well. So here we go. Ron Slay joins us each and every Wednesday. Look forward to that. The Lady Vols with a surprising upset. Tennessee number five in the college football playoff. And the latest on Heisman voting, which is about to unfold. And Hendon Hooker is still in great shape. Good morning, Amanda LaFrada. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm well. So we we did a show last night after the college football playoff committee selection show, and it was not like the week before where Tennessee was number one. But in a lot of ways, I think it should be every bit as satisfying. I say that because I thought Tennessee was given proper respect. Please hit the like button. It helps the show a lot. Subscribe and share. We greatly appreciate that, but make sure you pound that like button. Amanda, what did you think about what happened in the college football playoff last night? I mean, I thought that it was, they were very respected. I think that, you know, the college football playoff committee showed that they they respect what Tennessee's done. They respect their resume and they, you know, they put them higher than some teams that people could argue maybe should have gone ahead. I don't think that there are other teams that should have, but I think they put them at the right spot. I'm glad that they didn't jump Tennessee with Oregon because I thought that would have been absolutely incredibly dumb. Yeah, I, I thought that there were a couple of things that were could happen. I thought that they could perhaps slight uh, TCU and go with a uh, an SEC team like Tennessee that was number two in strength of schedule. I thought that um, their uh, Oregon could get more respect. I thought there were a lot of things they could do from a television perspective to get people talking on the next day, but they really didn't do that sort of thing. And I, I give kudos to the college football playoff committee selection show because it seems like they did just rank the teams as they should be ranked, which you don't have to do now. If you don't want to, you can make it the survivor of college football. And the only one that matters is the one at the end. So I'm sure there's that temptation to do that, but Amanda, they didn't do that last night. So kudos to them. It seemed genuine is the one word I would use. Yeah. I, I, I think it's genuine. There are, there was one that really surprised me because I know we talked about how they want to get, ideally they would want to have one of each conference, but they dropped Clemson down. I mean, Clemson went from four to 10 and I understand they lost to Notre Dame and it was, you know, double digit loss, but my goodness, I mean, they really showed that they don't think Clemson or anyone from the ACC is that good. Below Alabama, too, who has yeah. two losses. Now, 
on the surface, you would say, how could you possibly do that? And if you go way back into the AP days, Amanda, then, I mean, literally a lot of these games weren't televised. I know we're going way back before I was alive even, and you were alive, but a lot of these games weren't televised. So there was no way, because you didn't see all the games, that you would have Clemson drop that far below Alabama. But now all the games are televised. So you watch Clemson, you see that they haven't played anybody really. And you also see that Clemson, they got quarterback issues. And those are two big major red flags. I think if Alabama and Clemson played on a neutral site tomorrow, it would probably be a 10-point spread, and I would take Alabama. You? Yeah, I, I think the ACC is just not good this year. And they'll they'll have their years where they're good, and you know they'll have years where they're not great. This one is they are just not good at all. Clemson is supposed to be their front runner. Mm-mm. I mean, they look real bad. Everybody over there looks real bad. Uh, Brittany says, "I think North Carolina could end up beating Clemson if they meet in the ACC championship." I think that is very true. I think there are a lot of teams that we don't talk about that could continue to shake things up. I don't think you need Clemson shook up anymore as far as they dropped. I don't think they're going to be a factor in the final four. But, Brittany, you're right. I think that uh, North Carolina could end up beating Clemson if they meet in the ACC championship game. Uh, John says, uh, first half I was pumped. I knew it would be close in that third quarter. Man, oh, man. Uh, Talking about um, the game last night with the Lady Balls. And Brittany pointed out that OSU was actually favored. The Lady Balls had way too many turnovers and were outscored by one player in the third quarter, it was hard to watch, especially in the second half. And, you know, I want to get back to football, but how long does the the shadow cast by Pat Summit, one of the greatest coaches of all time, how long does that affect this Tennessee program? I don't know. Um, that she not on, I mean, she not only won a lot of games like Mike Krzyzewski, but she built a program like Bobby Bowden. I mean, they were about to drop football altogether. So there, you see the struggles that Florida State has had, uh, except for uh, a brief period under Jimbo Fisher. But is is Tennessee ever going to be what they were under Pat Summit? Probably not. But can they be a, a championship contender, contender year in and year out? Yes, I believe they can. I think they could be. I think the only time that you actually get out from underneath somebody that big, that's such a, a bright, and not only just a, a coach, but a person in general. And, and it's a blessing that she was a part of your program. It's a blessing that she built it. She built it up to be what it is. But the only way that, you know, it becomes a great memory instead of just a, we have to get to this point is when you bring in somebody else that can do what she did. So I'll give you an example. For example, Alabama, you know, coach Bear Bryant, what he did there, greatest of all time. Everybody considered it, you know, back then in his day. And then now you have, and it was never, never like that until Nick Saban got there. So if you bring in somebody that can do similar to what, you know, coach summit did, then I think that's where it, it becomes more of a when are we ever going to get back there and just enjoy what happened when she was there. The down and dirty at 30. As we get to that, we'll talk about Hendon Hooker's Heisman 
odds and also Tennessee, their chances of making the college football playoff, I thought looked really good after last night being at number five. And that is brought to you by our friend Andy Mason. Go to andymasonrealestate.com. Do not make a thousands of dollars mistake. Go to andymasonrealestate.com. He's been in the Knoxville area, him and his team, over 40 years of experience. They are phenomenal. That's andymasonrealestate.com. You'll love them. So Tennessee at number five. Amanda, paint yourself as a Tennessee football fan and tell me the one scenario that concerns you the most. And that'll lead us into today's tough question. The one scenario that you're like, that could put Tennessee, despite what they do, in uh, serious jeopardy. What's the scenario that you would be concerned about on this Wednesday morning? Um, Michigan, Ohio State, both winning out, facing each other, you know, winning out before they face each other. And then having a, like, triple overtime. Because Michigan, Ohio State, they're known for that. I mean, they're really – I've been to, I think, two of them, and both of them were – overtime games so they're known for that having that happen go down to the wire that's that would be the only thing I would think could keep Tennessee out of the playoffs because I think they would keep both of them if it were that close yep um I think that's a concern um TCU winning out um would have to factor into that as well. I think it takes a combination of two things. I think that Michigan State or Michigan Ohio State game has to be close. And then I think TCU would have to win out. So those are the combination of things that would would have to happen. And I could see them taking Michigan and Ohio State and one SEC team. I don't think the Big Ten or the SEC is ever going to get excluded entirely, even if they had a two-loss team. But could Tennessee get excluded in that scenario? Yes, I think that's possible. I don't really see any other scenario in in which that happens. So I think if you're rooting for Tennessee to get in the college football playoff, I think it's pretty simple. You're rooting for TCU to lose, and they do play Texas this week, and that's going to be a tough matchup. And you're also rooting for um, Ohio State-Michigan to be one-sided. No matter who you root for, root for it to be one-sided. And then I think the path is cleared. What about Tennessee? Let's say they beat their last three opponents, South Carolina, Missouri this week, and then Vanderbilt by three points. Does that create a chink in the armor? I think it does. But if you're Tennessee, I don't think that that's even beating Vandy by only three points. I don't. I don't see that being at all possible. South Carolina can't stop you. The only one that's close to being able to maybe stop you is is Missouri. But on the other side of the ball, they are just awful. So I do not see that even being a possibility. I will say that if that happens, if you only win your remaining games by three points, then you probably don't want to go to the playoffs. I'm just saying you probably don't because if you only beat Vanderbilt by a point or three points, however, whichever way we're going here, either three points per game or one point per game. If you only beat them by that much, you don't want to go. You do not want to go. 
No, and uh, Joe, Joey pointing out that Texas is favored by seven. Brittany saying, I'm so glad we were playing Missouri at home. Yeah, because that Missouri trip, kind of like Vanderbilt, is just kind of a bummer. I mean, there's there's really little excitement there, and you're coming off a tough loss. Uh, I think the fact that you're at home, you have the home crowd behind you, get you fired up, and y- you're right. I mean, some I think home and away sometimes can be overdone. I think the better team usually wins no matter what. But in this particular case, I think Tennessee benefits from a, a home crowd, and, and that will be very uh, significant. So uh, a couple of other notes we wanted to get to, the down and dirty at 30. And as we mentioned, uh, Tennessee is number five. So let's go down the rest of the list. And um, there, there are no real big surprises as far as this being a made for TV event. They didn't really do that. Georgia is number one. Ohio state is number two, Michigan at number three, TCU at number four. Then you do have Oregon kind of floating out there. And this was the right decision to be made. And I wrote this before the show yesterday, Tennessee should have been number five. No question about it. No doubt in my mind. Oregon um, got beat far worse by Georgia than Tennessee did. Now, they both were handily beaten. So, And I do believe that Georgia could have beaten Tennessee worse if they wanted to, if they were factoring in style points, which they didn't need to. LSU gets um, pretty significant respect. I guess that was my one surprise that LSU, and, and they got you know hammered at home by Tennessee, was above uh, Southern Cal. That surprised me a little bit. And uh, Alabama in at number nine. And you said Clemson. <laughs> That's the exact quote. Clemson got done dirty. They did get dropped significantly. So if anybody was worried about Clemson challenging TCU or challenging Tennessee, I think the committee spoke volumes there. They're not going to magically, unless everybody loses in front of them, they're not going to magically magically move up six spots to take that fourth spot. No, they had, I mean, this was their one, maybe, you know, against Notre Dame, their maybe game where I could possibly, we saw them, you know, Oh, they could struggle. They could lose. They didn't get, they didn't lose. They got hammered. I mean, hammered by a Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall. I mean, hammered. So they did get, they probably felt disrespected. However, they didn't really get disrespected. I would have dropped them out of the top 10 altogether, just based on the way they've been playing and the fact that it's not getting better. It's just getting worse over there. So, and the quarterback, there's too many holes in that Clemson team. As far as Georgia should be number one, but I don't think, I think that Oregon lost to Georgia and I kept saying 56 points. 46 points. It doesn't matter. It was significant enough that no one really cares how big the, you know, how many points it was. Um, That Oregon loss to Georgia, though, I think is way worse than that Tennessee loss to Georgia. I mean, Oregon could do absolutely zero. They could do nothing. Zero defense. Couldn't stop them. And, And Georgia or Tennessee at least had defense, at least challenged. You know, as Caleb says yesterday, it could have there's a couple of plays there where Tennessee would have been back in the game. Now I know Georgia looking at it handled them, but Tennessee still stuck around for a little bit. I mean, they, they came back, I guess, 
one score, but still. They fought harder than Oregon did. I think they should be more respected than Oregon. John said, smash that like button. We love you, John. Hit that like button. We greatly appreciate it. Helps the channel and uh, some big news coming down the pike. Brittany said, did you all think it was interesting that they showed a top seven this week instead of a top six? I didn't notice that. Was that on the graphic, Brittany? Um, I imagine. Um, I, I didn't notice that as far as the way they uh, broke down the top seven. But are there seven teams that realistically could make the college football playoff? How many teams? Let's discuss that right now. How many teams could realistically make the college football playoff? One, Georgia. Two, Ohio State. Three, Michigan. Four, TCU. Five, Tennessee. Six, Oregon. And you have to get into things really have to break your way. I'm going to say, even though they're ranked behind LSU, that Southern Cal has a better shot of making the college football playoff. That was the one quirky one, I thought, because at seven and two, I, I just don't see that happening. At Southern Cal, if they win their conference championship, which is not going to be easy, um, but if they do that, I would think they have a real possibility. Alabama has two losses. Could Clemson suddenly find a quarterback and make a run? They would need a whole lot of help. So my answer to my own question, allow myself to introduce myself, is Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, Oregon, and USC, to me, are the seven that have a realistic possibility of making the college football playoff. They're still, they still would need some help. Some of those teams would still need some help. But I think those are the seven teams that you're really talking about. That's not that doesn't answer your question, Brittany, because that's not the the way they had them ordered out. But to me, there are seven teams that could realistically make the college football playoff. I think there's ten, and I really? see that. Yes, and I say that because of we don't know what's going to happen, you know, down the road. Do we think Michigan or Ohio State is going to drop anything before they play each other? No, um, but I also think the committee does look at teams. As in, you know, how are you right now? If you are going against, you know, say it's Ohio State versus Georgia, how how are you right now? Are you are you going to be able to hang with these top dogs? I see LSU has vastly improved. And um, we saw them lose to Tennessee bad, but then we we've seen them since that loss kind of picked up and, and done what they needed to do. Could they give Georgia a run in the SEC championship? Yes. If they do. And if they win, I don't see you keeping LSU out because again, it's not like AP rankings. It's where's your team now at the end of the season. Could you be the top four at the end of the season? I could see that happening. I could see Alabama getting in there just, I don't, I mean, probably not getting in there, but I could see people arguing, oh, they're the top four if everything starts clicking, which it won't. But I'm just saying teams like that, say Clemson starts clicking, stuff like that. I think the playoff committee takes into consideration. Dean said, I'm a bit concerned with a possible distraction with the NIL money impacting and distracting Hooker that Mercedes seems to be a possible focus changer. I prefer getting the goodies at Christmas. Dean, I, I, from all that I hear and the way that players, and we have Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren every Sunday on our YouTube channel, so please like, subscribe, and set your notifications on. I do not think that is 
any concern at all. I, w- I will go ahead and lay that to rest unless there's something I don't know about. Probably not the best timing. I get where you're coming from, Dean. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that every player wants to win games, not only for themselves and for the power tee and for all of that. They want to win for Hendon Hooker. They, uh, they have a deep appreciation of what he's been through. And that, to me, speaks to his character. That, to me, speaks to the fact that he is not going to slip up along the way and um, get distracted by NL, NIL money. I would be incredibly, incredibly surprised to see that. Um, Dean does say he got those endorsements just before the Georgia game. Well, D. Williams didn't get any endorsements, and he let that punt go out at the one-yard line. So I think that was a bigger factor. I think Tennessee getting beat up front by guys that were better offensive or better defensive linemen on that day was a bitter, bigger factor. Brittany said, according to Reese Davis, the Tennessee loss to UGA was just as bad as the Oregon loss. Insert eye roll. Amanda, you have some strong feelings on that. You? What do you think? No, I disagree. I completely disagree that the Tennessee loss was um, as bad as the Oregon loss to Georgia. That doesn't make any sense. 46 points versus 14. I mean, first of all, mathematically, clearly not. Um, Oregon, Tennessee could at least, they at least scored points. Oregon couldn't score anything. I mean, barely a field goal. They couldn't do anything against Georgia's defense. Tennessee could at least move the ball. They made a couple of mistakes, yes. Um, That cost them a lot especially that punt that you're talking about with special teams going out the one, a 75 yard punt, like, dear God, how do you, how do you got to catch that ball? You have to, it's not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, continuing on. No, I see. I do not see that at all. And I normally, I will agree with Reese Davis because he has covered college football for pretty much ever, but no, I think that is absolutely just not, that's not accurate looking at those games. And I understand people think that Georgia dominated Tennessee. I don't really think that they dominated Tennessee. I think that they played better against Tennessee than they played all season. And I think they, you have to also take into factor the motivations, the college football playoff coming out and saying, Oh, Tennessee's number one, jumping Georgia, Georgia feeling disrespected. People like Eric Ainge coming out and saying, I played there. It's not that loud. You know, stuff, people giving Georgia that fuel that they needed to get up for this game. Georgia is very much Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You can catch them at a bad day like Missouri did, and Missouri should have beat them. So, no, I don't think that that Oregon loss and the Tennessee loss are even comparable. I will say semi-comparable in that I thought that Uh, Georgia was clearly the better team on that day. But if you give me three plays that I can flip, four plays that I can flip, I believe that I can make that Tennessee-Georgia game close. One, I thought the punt return or lack thereof that went out at the one, we mentioned that. The other one, I thought Cedric Tillman should have done whatever he had to do to break up the interception uh, and the streak uh, when, when he's running the fly route down the sideline. I thought you just have to break that up. I don't care what you do. Um, There was a Princeton Fant pass that was overthrown. I'm missing another one. I feel like I could pick four plays and and flip them Tennessee's way, and that's that's a ball game. I don't think I can pick four plays in the Georgia-Oregon game and make that a ball game. 
I don't think you can pick 20 plays and make it a ball game. <laughs> I mean, really, you can't. Oregon just looked like, I don't know, a deer in headlights, a duck in headlights, I guess. And, I mean, they just look completely unprepared. And, again, Georgia knows Bo Nix. They know Bo Nix. They played him at Auburn. They know who Bo Nix is. So Georgia was overly prepared for Oregon. And I don't, I don't think Georgia was overly prepared for Tennessee. I think they just were so motivated. And also, you have to look at where the problems of Tennessee, lot, you know, where they were during that game. And that's wide receiver. Wide receiver. Those defensive backs were all over those wide receivers. And as we've talked about before, you can call pass interference on any play literally in college football, any passing play, you could probably call pass interference unless the ball's just way over their head. They were never called like very, I don't even know. Did Georgia even get one pass interference call against them? I want to say they got one, but maybe one, but on every play you could have called it. No, that plays a big factor. I do not want to play the officiating card. But I will say this. I will say this. I think that's the type of game. You remember me saying that officials can get caught up in games, especially basketball. Yep. I do think that's the type of game that officials can get caught up in. And if it's a 51%, 49% decision that you can flip the wrong way. I will say that. Joe said, I thought Hendon didn't have his best game for sure, but jumping off sides eight times puts a lot of pressure on the offense. They didn't stay ahead of the chains. They just didn't. And if you don't stay ahead of the chains with this offense, you're going to have some big time problems. It is time for today's tough question. And today's tough question is brought to you by Guardian Investments. Guardian Investments. Oh, wow, guys. In a world where knowledge is power, education is the battery that makes it run. So at Guardian Investments, it's awesome. You can get one of the absolute best financial advisors Nowadays, we all can jump on a video teleconference and you can do that. And they're one of the nation's best. So you can have that type of service. I'm telling you, especially I know a lot of our audience is a little bit younger. Make some better decisions than I did early on and you will be in a fantastic position. So go to GIAplantoday.com, GIAplantoday.com. You can just click on schedule a meeting. And you'll be very happy that you did because they're also going to explain the decisions that they make for you to you. And you're going to love Guardian Investments, GIAplantoday.com. So here we go. It is time for today's tough question. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. All right, so here is the question. Amanda, I'll let you phrase it because you're way, way, way better at that than me. But something along the lines of today's tough question is... What scenario are you most concerned about in the college football playoff? So let's say close Michigan-Ohio State game, TCU wins out, Oregon dominates, or Tennessee wins out close. 
and I'll let each and every one of you determine what close means. To me, they should win each of their three remaining games by 14 to 17 points. But let's face it, they played at a high level in most every game except for one. It's tough to do that the whole season. So there we go with today's tough question. You phrase it out, we'll come back, and we'll have the one, the only, Ron Slay. So how about that, kids? We'll talk some hoops, too. The Vols are in action, and we'll get his thoughts on football. And somebody knocked us for having Ron Slay talking football. That guy knows his stuff. He played football in high school as well. So y'all can step off. Why Ron would Slay, none of our loyalists. Step off, people. Yeah. None of our Sorry. loyal listeners. It was just somebody on the Twitter who probably didn't listen. Who's yeah. excited about Ron Slay? Tell me that on the message board now, because I am. Orange I am. Bloods. Yes, Amanda. I love is. Ron Slay. Orange Blood said, Daniel, yeah, we took what they gave us on curls and comebacks, but just never got enough to get down the field and score. Georgia just kept us managed. I would have liked to have seen a few more of those wide receiver screen passes. I'm not going to start knocking Tennessee's coaches now. I thought there were some adjustments they could have made that they didn't. But we move on. Tennessee still can make the college football playoff and, as a matter of fact, are likely to do so. That's today's tough question, and it's brought to you by our friends at Guardian Investments. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial path to get there. Of course, things don't always go according to plan. An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternate routes. The right financial advisor is there for the journey, helps you plan for what's coming, makes adjustments along the way, and keeps you on track to reach your specific goals. Are you on the road to success? Contact us for a complimentary review to find out. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. 
lot. Did that get your attention? Was a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Ron Slay joining us now. Ron, how are you, sir? Hey. I'm good, man. How you guys you sound doing? like Fat Albert, but you're slim, so you can't you can't be saying hey, hey, hey like that. Hey, man, that's all. It's all in the mind, man. You can be whoever you want to be. I want to be Fat Albert this morning. I gotcha. What? Who is the guy that had the eyes cut out in the toboggan? And oh. It was- Man, I forgot, but he had to like it was like a purple uh, uh, scully yeah. that he had on. I forget, I forget. It was and he burglar. had some sort of weird speech impediment where he was like, "Yeah, Uchi Bichi Baba did." And it was <laughs> anyway. Right hey, right. Every community across America, man, you lock your doors when that guy walks by. But that was funny on Fat Albert. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> we're just being real here. Yeah. Well, speaking of lock your doors, the voice of Bill Cosby, but we don't even want to go there. Um, (laughs) I mean, you might want to watch your drink as well. But Ron, um, have you moved on? It was it was a tough one. It was painful. But have you moved on from the Georgia loss? Yeah, I actually I actually um, moved on after the game, man. I mean, it was. It was because the fashion that it happened. I mean, this was the first time I think all year you could look at it and walk away from the game and say, man, we were physically handled. You know what I'm saying? From the trenches all the way to the boundaries. I think it was it was evident what Georgia was coming out to do. It was coming out to um, show their physicality. We expected them to do that. I just think the response to it was like, whoa. Um, this is something you hadn't seen all year. I think the wide receivers being able to get off the line of scrimmage as they have been, even in stunts and stacking and all of that, it didn't bode well. And then the opportunities you did get hand and missed on it, you know. Um, and that, that had a lot to do with guys like Jalen Carter up front, man, coming downhill and um, Spraggins. Like, Spraggins got to look in the mirror, man. I mean, you done had a great season, but Jalen got you. Hopefully you can get that matchup again, man, and, and take advantage of it. But this was this was a if, – if you're looking at the barometer, man, you got to say – Georgia's up here, and they showed the separation um, and to where Tennessee is. You know, of course, I do think Georgia did play a perfect game in a sense um, also, so you got to take that into account. But, man, it, it's different when you can line up and go man-to-man across the board and depend on that and say, hey, we're going to live if they beat us, and if they don't, we're going to come out on top. And they did that for, for 60 minutes. So you got to tip your cap. And you also got to tip your cap to um, – the 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 fans were coming out like that yeah. was that was serious like we've seen Neyland get the rock and we always hear about Florida we expect what Death Valley is gonna be that was all right right there that was a, a hell of a college atmosphere right there man you gotta gotta tip your hat to the fans they showed up showed out in the rain um when it stopped like it was it was everything you want in college football Please mash that like button. We greatly appreciate that. For those that haven't subscribed, subscribe and share. And Ron, I look at Tennessee and I think they're very much like Georgia in the first uh, two, three years under Kirby Smart. And in a different way, now Tennessee is more explosive offensively, but Kirby Smart was really open and honest. If you remember his press conference when he got hired, he said, we got to get the big guys up front. 
And yeah. I'm talking about those defensive tackles, the John Hendersons of the world mm-hmm. like you played with. Those guys are game changers almost as much as quarterbacks because there's not a lot of them. Year in and year out in a class, there's probably bit probably about eight to ten of those big explosive yeah. defensive tackles that can change a program. Kirby's gone out and got them. Tennessee has to do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you, you got to look at it like guys like you expect to. And th- the thing is, you got to get them, get those life change. I mean, those um, program changing guys like you're speaking about. And they got to develop and buy into what you're doing also. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with Georgia. They've been able to buy in the guys that they weren't able to go get. Because you look at a guy like Walter Nolan, who everybody was grabbing and grasping for. And he's at Texas A&M, and he's barely jumping off the page at times. You know, everybody else having more of an impact. So, along with that, you got to be able to develop and get those guys to buy in. I think that's the biggest part of it. But Tennessee, that, that's it. You know, and I'm on both sides of the ball. You know, you want to be able to create depth there and hopefully have a team that's going against those guys really polish them up. Like, imagine if you could have a guy like Jalen Carter and them going against Tennessee's offense every day in practice in the offseason. They're going to be really, really serious. So, right. yeah, that's that's the thing, man. You want to be able to get those on both sides of the ball. Um, I think that was the biggest thing when we started to get – you heard Pruitt talk about it when you came, when you brought him in. Like, man, we got to get some beef up front. You know, it was different. So, I think you started to see that, and it's, it's trickled over into what Hype was doing. And even being able to run a fast offense, you want to run the ball, you got to help get guys up front, and you got to be able to stop it. You got to be able to stop it with four down linemen. So, yeah, be spot on with that. We think it's Mushmouth. We think it's Mushmouth from Fat Albert. We think it is a day. Yeah, we think it's Mushmouth. And it's like that's enough. We're like, how do we keep getting? Back? No, I don't. I didn't watch Fat Albert, so I have no idea. I'm just little, but you're too young for that too. Um, it was it was a very good, it's a very good show. Uh, sometimes I, I believe we need to celebrate obesity. Right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. We almost Thanksgiving, baby. That's right. Can't wait. Um, as always, Ron's appearance is brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. When it comes to personal injury attorneys, Zach's the best, especially in the Chattanooga area. The insurance companies, man, they're paying out big time bucks to big time lawyers. So you want somebody that can go toe to toe, and that's what Zach England can do. So Zach England of Best and Brock brings you Ron Slay's appearance each and every Wednesday. Amanda. We saw um, the college football playoff rankings come out last night. We saw that Tennessee is still respected, highly respected, even after that loss by Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what scenario scares you the most when going forward that maybe Tennessee doesn't make it? Which way do you think you could see Tennessee being pushed out? Um, a Georgia loss. Um, a Georgia loss would, I think, would wow. derail a lot of things. You know, um, I, I think everybody else kind of below them falls in place. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, you expect you no know, one of those going to win. You expect Texas to beat TCU, and even if they don't, TCU still got to go and play Utah. Utah's a tough team. You got Washington also. It's it's just a a lot of different scenarios. I don't. I think um, Oregon winning out and winning the Pac-12 doesn't doesn't strike fear in my heart. You know, I think with the resume that Tennessee has, has, um, has played with and, and, and won those games, I think it, it bodes well for them. But you're looking at a team like Georgia, say they go and lose the SEC championship, 
and they drop, man, it's it's then it's chaotic <laughs> because um you can't go ahead of them. Like regardless of what it is, you, you can't go ahead of them. Even if they would have dropped to two or three and Ohio State moved up, it bumps us down and you, you got to ask yourself what's next. And if Michigan would have beat Ohio State, it's, it's just weird if Georgia loses. We need Georgia to reign supreme throughout college football to make everything else fall in line. So that's that would be the only thing that, that would scare me a little bit if Georgia would have taken a hill. That's a, that's a really good point. Again, Ron's appearance brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. Um, Ron, putting a loss like that behind you, especially when you're soaring sky high, yeah. how difficult is that as a competitor? I mean, it's, I, it's, it's always in the fashion that you lose. Um, I think in this one, as a competitor and watching these guys, um, the tight-knit group they are, I don't think it's that difficult. I think it's more so of, man, let's hurry up and get back out there, especially the leader of the group, um, Hendon, which, man, he just missed on a couple of throws that he's normally made. You had Tillman, you had Fant, you had Brule. Like, uh, you, you had those guys open and you just missed it, like, by a yard. You know what I mean? Which is, when you get in those big games – you know, the margin of errors, it shrinks. So you got to be able to be on point with those and you saw Stetson Bennett on that. So me personally, um, I would take this on my shoulders, you know, not telling him to carry the whole burden, but I'm going to be like, hey, man, I'm going to be better. I apologize for that, y'all. Y'all held y'all on. You know what I mean? I could have made some better plays. And I individually, even though it's a team game in football, more so than any other, I make those throws. I give you give us a great opportunity to win and I've been making them all year. So I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put it on my shoulders, man. I know everybody else is gonna rally around me and we're gonna carry and they, let's get to the next game. And I'm show you in this Missouri game, we're gonna go out and get some style points. You know what I mean? And then South Carolina is supposed to be big and bad at night. Yeah, it's gonna be rocking. Watch what I go up here and do. Even if I gotta use my legs. I know they don't really want me to run. Man, listen here, we we balls to the wall. We're going all out. You know, it ain't no ill fans or butts about this. So I think it's kind of easy because of the mistakes that were made were um, things that they could control. If it was just they just got pushed around all day and didn't have opportunities, then you're like, oh, shoot. I don't really know what we're going to do if we got to see them again. But it's almost like, man, we want to play well enough so we can we need them one more time. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Alabama, like Georgia and Alabama was last year. We need them one more time. So I think it will be easy to move on in this, in this fashion. No, we've seen Missouri – kind of test Georgia we saw that and we've seen a really bad Missouri um what are you how do you think Tennessee will fare against Missouri and what do they need to do to just make this game just beyond like I don't know Uh, just I I I think just jump on you got to jump on them like you you still have um you have kneeling you have the effects of that and I think you let the crowd push you over the edge. And Missouri hasn't seen anything like that all year. Like this, even though they played Georgia as tough as they could at Mizzou, that was at home in their confines, you know what I mean, and, and comfortable sleeping there on their own beds. This ain't this ain't that. You know, and then you're coming off a, a, a angry win, like not only for the players and them wanting to come out and prove a point, but, man, the fans saw what happened. You know, and they, they saw how loud that crowd was. And then you got senior night. Like, you don't lose on senior night. Uh, you just – you don't. I don't care what it is. We got to get up and play at 6 in the morning. You're not losing. You just don't let that happen. So, 
you go out, man, and, and you affect it just the same way you've been doing all season long. And you you hit them in the mouth. You know, um, I think they'll be probably more so prepared for the run. Their defense up front has played really well. Got to tip your hat to them, but y'all ain't seen this. And if you if you if you think you're gonna come to us and do what Georgia did, you sadly mistaken. You ain't got them dogs. You know what I mean? Even though they their little legs are short, they had a little nice biting punch. Missouri ain't even got no tiger. They're the Missouri Tigers and only have a tiger. I didn't even know that. So what do they have? Yeah, they, they, they're ligers. They're lying about being tigers. So they're liger. That's, that's what I done came up with. I'm, I'm just going to stick with that because how do you not have a tiger? You're a tiger, but you ain't have one. I'm a like, documentary guy, and I watched a documentary on ligers. Do you know what a liger actually is? Yeah, uh, Lion well, tiger? Yes. It's, it's when you mix a lion with a tiger. Well, when yeah. you mix the genetic code, they never stop growing. What? So – eventually their body breaks down because they just keep growing past 800 pounds. It's a terrible thing to do to a pet soul. It is awful. Now, see, I'm a Napoleon Dynamite fan. You know what I mean? That's one of my favorite movies. Right. I love that, and I love the reference, but let's not start a lager community because it's what, bad. But, well guess what that's part of it though that, that's that's exactly what you got going on with missouri like they're growing <laughs> so big defensively they can't hold them in so they're just gonna explode and it's over with you get them on out the way they, they got to deal with us you know i love how, them. i absolutely love how you brought that back around i would have yeah. never dreamed you could work in napoleon dynamite and bring missouri back into yeah. it that was that there was like it's like Norm McDonald S right there. That was very impressive. Um, if you have a question for Ron, get on board now. Dean says, in your heart of hearts, do you mm-hmm. think Tennessee's ready for the national championship this year? You know what? I I, um, I think after seeing what did it – okay, you're only good as your experiences when you're able to step into them. I think that national stage playing at Georgia – was a great um, precursor of what is to come if you were to get on that stage. Now, imagine you're playing in Atlanta or you're playing in New Orleans and you got half and half. You know, that's a big difference than going to somebody's home field and it being that rockets. Like, that was number one versus – like, it it couldn't have got no bigger. It couldn't have got any bigger. You know what I'm saying? With the hype around it from the media or whatever it may be outside of a two-week or three-week buildup for a national championship that was as big as it can get. So I think that experience, they haven't seen that, but I do think now that you, when you get to those situations, you have something to reach back for and you can say, Hey man, we've been in this spot before. It's different when you say, Hey man, we're in the locker room. We're down 20, man. We got, we got to fight back. Everybody looking at you like, dude, are you crazy? How are we going to fight back on the stage? We ain't never been here, but now you can reach back and be like, Hey man, we were down. You know, we came out and we played different in the second half. We just needed certain, certain things to go right. Now you can look at it. So I think experience is the best teacher. Now they do have that experience. I do think they're ready uh, for a national championship. And also, I don't think everybody in the country is like Georgia. Like, you're just not going to see that. The, the next one up was Alabama. And you see where they are. You got the best two players on both sides of the field. And Alabama still couldn't get it done. You got Bryce Young, the best offensive player in the nation. Will Anderson, the best defensive player in the nation. Alabama's never not came together as a team and steamrolled people. 
They've never had to rely on talent to try to go and get their victories. Now they're relying on talent on both sides of the ball to try to carry them over the hump. Georgia got that talent, what Alabama usually has, and rolls. You know what I mean? And then the way Stetson Bennett playing, like, you're not seeing that anyway. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not seeing that no more. So once you get back to it, you make the, the adjustments that's needed and hopefully you come out on top. So it's crazy that we talked about Napoleon Dynamite because I watched a show last night <laughs> and I noticed – the the like the bad guy I was yeah. like, he looks really familiar and i was like that's pedro i can't <laughs> even watch this show anymore because pedro's the bat like the villain in the yeah. show i was like we're yeah. done this pedro i'm not even scared like yeah. i'm done the vote for but, pedro it was, had to vote yeah. yesterday too that's funny he was watching Hey, Amanda, I, I, know you got, I know you got a question, but I'll tell you this. Now that you work in the business, the show you need – I thought of Ron last night because I was thinking mm. of what to talk to him about today. You need to start watching news radio. It is one of the most underrated sitcoms of all time. So, And, and now that you're in it's the new? radio biz, news radio. Is it new? Uh, no, no, no. It's old. It's before okay. cell phones. So they're okay. actually picking up the phone and stuff. But uh, it's, it is, it's got Phil Hartman in it. It's okay. got um, uh, the the guy from the kids in the hall in it. It's okay. It is a st- uh, Joe Rogan is in it, and he's about like twenty four years old. Wow! It is, and Amanda, you need to watch it too. Now that you're kind of in the biz, but the vibe around it, they just mimicked it perfectly. One of the most underrated sitcoms of all time. I'm sorry. I'm a, I, now I'm gonna watch that in off season. The only problem is right now Yellowstone about to start up. So, <laughs> oh, you're a Yellowstone guy. What? One of the best. Oh my gosh! That, hey, the Dutton, the Dutton Ranch. Put me on the Dutton Ranch. My, I had a boss that was really into Yellowstone, and I got her one of those like uh, pullover things. And she called me and she said, "I got, I got the present. Thank you very much. That was nice." And I said, "Do you like it?" She got. She said, "You didn't have to do that." Which that means she didn't like it. <laughs> See, I would tell you, yes, you did have to do it. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. Thank you much. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. We saw, you know, right before this Tennessee Georgia game, we mm. saw the college football playoff come out and say Tennessee's number one, Georgia's number three. How do you think that, plus other things like Sanford's not that loud and you right. know, all that, all the challenges that people are throwing at Georgia, how do you think that affected this game and Georgia's style of play? Uh, well, I think to me, man, you never need motivation, but um, it's it's welcomed. You know, I, I I don't think there was anything needed to try to push them over the hump, but for sure, for sure, the, um, you, you heard Kirby, you know, them talking about um, Stedman and and, and and looking at it, and they got to look us in the eye, they got to face us for sixty minutes, this, that, and the other. So this is our house. So I mean, yeah, it played into it. I mean, and you know, once. You, a sleeping dog, you got to let them lie. You know, I, I wish they would have went on to put them at number one so we could have had something to battle for. Uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. You don't duck it. I think it's, um, you know, it's for ratings too as well, you know, knowing that it'll shake out the way it is. Same reason they're going to put TC at number TCU at number four, you know, because they're going into Texas, like, to get it back hyped up. You know, if, this was, if, if the season was to end today, I still think Tennessee would be four. Um, and TCU would be on an outside looking in with a gripe at five, you know. So, but the way it's still got season, weeks to play, you put them at four, they go down to Texas, it's hyped up, game days there. It's like, what are we going to do? So, I, I think, man, Georgia really used that. Um, and 
you know, when you got guys that are real dogs, that's all you need. You know, you just need – you're looking for anything. Like, I used to sit on the baseline and make up things uh, during warm-ups about people on the other end of the floor that they were talking about my parents or they talking about my brothers and sisters. Like, I was just making this up in my head. Like, I did this all throughout my pro career and everything. So, when people were warming up, I would be uh, walking along, back and forth along the baseline, just looking down, like, who am I picking out? Like, who who been talking about me? You know, and – that's what, that's what you need. You, you need a little extra motivation. I do that weird stuff too. And then I do it like Michael Jordan. I took that, per- <laughs> I took that personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yes, he that's does. It. Yeah. He takes everything. One guy told him, one guy told him, good game. And he said, I took that personally. Yeah. It is what it is. You got to <laughs> deal with it. He said, good game. Okay. The Stetson Bennett phone number got out. Did you ever have anything like that happen to you or one of your teammates? Where, because I do, rem- I can't remember the player, but I know one player was called up until like four in the morning at the team hotel. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have anything like that happen? No, at that time, man, we were um we didn't have NILs and stuff like that, so we were broke. So my phone was getting cut off all the time, and I was getting numbers changed. So if you were able to keep up with my number, you had some good going. We like, I do remember um one of our players. It might have been Tony Harris. Somebody's number got out in Gibbs one time, and players were calling. We ended up leaving it off the hook. I mean, our players, fans were calling. We leave left it off the hook, but now I never had to deal with it, man. I'm, I'm happy I didn't. Um, maybe if I would have had some money, um, my phone would have stayed on. It would have kept my number, and um, <laughs> then it would have, then it would have called me. But I, I would have relished it like that. If some people you don't want to do that too, and apparently Stetson is one. Um, you, yeah. you don't want to do that. You would have did that to me. I promise I would have gave you fifty, and everybody would have heard about it. Yeah. Um, tell me about Cameron Carr, uh, Tennessee's newest commitment uh, for Rick Barnes and. Just how recruiting is going in in general. I mean, if I'm recruiting against Rick Barnes, I say, "Oh, he's 89 years old and all this stuff." But yeah. it, it doesn't. I mean, he's recruiting like a banshee, like he's 32 yeah. year old Rick Pitino. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. Man, you got to look at it, man. First of all, Cameron called man look like a young athletic wing. It's, it's it's funny to watch these guys, man. As long as they are, if you look how long his arms are, you're like, God. Like, what position do you play? You automatically think down low somewhere around the rim. But a guy that can really handle the ball, man, create his own shot on the wing, um, potential is there. The sky's the limit for him. Like, his, it, 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 if you look at his limbs, like, he's not done growing. Like, his 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 frame has to um, – it has to even out with his, the length of his arms and his legs at some point. So, um, this is a guy that looks like he can grow about two more inches. Um probably come in and be a, a good three-year guy for him, some uh, piece that you can build on. You start to see these guys that he's going to get, like Keon, more athletic wings that can get out there and defend. You see it in Meshack. You see it in, um, in, 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 in Phillips. You see it in guys like that. Um, I can't wait to see what Garrett does with him, the strength coach, man. Like what he's going to do to transform his body is going to be very impressive um, in, the, in the summer getting ready to go into the season next year. But as far as recruiting goes, man, they're doing, they, they're doing a great job. I think he does a great job of the guys he puts around him. Coach Ganey does a terrific job, and all the way back to Lanier Schwartz, now all the way up to Coach Rod Clark, Justin Ganey, all these guys around him, man. He got grassroots um, connections and stuff. You see, um, he was a, a product of Mocan Elite, 
And if um, people did a little research, like Coach Rod Clark came from Mocan Elite after, you know, his stop um, at Austin P, and then getting to Tennessee. So you get that, that's what you got to do, man. If you don't have a connection to the youth, um, you got to go out and find somebody that does, you know, and I think he's done a great job of filling the staff with people to do that. And also social media is a, a great, a great platform, a great connector for them. And these guys get out there and go on visits. And even if they don't commit, they're out there showing, you know, the, the pyros and everything that's going off and the atmosphere that it is in Thompson Bowling and it recruits itself. So you at least want to come take a look. And once they get you in the building, that's a good chance they got you because it's, it's not another atmosphere like a TBA. Yeah, they all, all they need now is Nico uh, to start recruiting for basketball. basketball. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and then, then they're gold. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's all they need, man. One, one person like that that ain't basketball, man, and, and he'll get it. See, they just got the big offensive lineman, man, so I'm interested to see more, more of that and get more linemen coming. Like, it's man, you'll be surprised um, as rare as it is, guys playing – um, basketball, two sports still in high school, like you know, with training and stuff going year round. Like, you got old Big Omari coming from Briarcrest. I'm sure somewhere down the line that helped, um, with Kennedy Chandler, you know, them being teammates and winning state championships in basketball. Like, it all of it correlates at some point, somewhere down the line, it just makes it easier. Like, when I got there, I automatically, um, uh, um, was attracted to John Henderson and Buck Fitzgerald, Reggie Ridley, all these guys, because they went to Pearl Cone. You know, even the guys being at Carson Newman that were from Pearl Cone. So you look for comfort, and if you can see a familiar face, that'll help a lot. Buck Fitzgerald, the player who ended Steve Spurrier's career at the Swamp yes, by did. breaking up that pass in 2001. Yes, he did. My guy, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I think well, he was going to Mark Gaffney that play, too. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit of trivia for uh-huh. for, for our listeners. Um, I, I I love Tennessee basketball fans. They, they get so involved. They know hoops, and I think when you have Butlers and Gonzagas early mm-hmm. in the season, it gets them excited. How does it affect players to have some of those big name schools early on, as opposed to nothing against Austin P, but the Austin right. P world. No, it's good. Yeah, like I think you also work work those um smaller schools in too as well because you want to be able to get out there and game like situations and work on things. But then at the same time, reverse side, you want to be able to go play rich tradition schools like Butler and basketball and Gonzaga, Michigan State, and people like that. Like that's what you, that's what you want to do because these are the guys you didn't came up with, you know, um playing high level AAU with and you go in and out and you, you you want to finally count for something, you know, on this stage. And you want to see what you measure up to. You know, it's different when you're going against playing against one of your peers that's in your age group. But it's also different when you play against Michigan State. They got a fifth-year guy that's 22 years old that's in the paint. And when you go in there, you're at 18, and you take that bump. That bump a little different <laughs> than they're going against an 18-year-old that you bodying and dunking on. Like, you got to get your butt up off the court after they knock you down, you know, and respect it. And it ain't nothing you can do except get better. So you want to have that, man, as, to be able to test and see exactly where you are, especially guys that are physical and it's different brands. You know, this is like a, they almost should have a, a preseason tournament, um, NCAA tournament. I think that would be cool, too. You know, um, just going into the season, make 68 teams and, just go for a free fall, man, and get ready. And then you can get into your 
your non-conference schedule and see how that goes But before you get into the season. But I think that'll be a real good test. Hopefully, at some point, you know, they can, they can get these teams matched up and get to kind of see where you are. What's the ceiling, do you think, for this Tennessee team? And who is the most important player getting them there? Um, oh, man, that's loaded. Um, you would hate to have you would hate to have um Chicago out um without question because he just the changes the pace of the game, man. And 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 I mean on both ends of the floor, um, offensively and defensively, he's one. Uh, I think we're starting to see what Tariq Key really means. Tariq Key means to to the team in those times when you can't score and Santi is getting denied and can't knock the shot down. You got Tariq Key right there. Um, Josiah, he's always been one for me. He's always been a Swiss Army knife um, that you can play at the four, you can play at the three, you can play at the two, especially defensively, that can keep the team going and keep them jailed in. When things go haywire, you get a freak, though. He's the guy that I expect to see gather up the team. Hey, man, let's get this in order. Boom, bam, build, hold everybody accountable, and you move on. Um, the one thing I, I got to see, um, and maybe it's, I mean, it was game one, but I, I want to see a little bit more. They had the outside shot going against Tennessee Tech. Olivier, I got to see that fire burning in his belly, man. Like, to come off of injury and kind of be forgotten about a little bit in all the preseason picks and things, like, I don't even see nobody mentioning them. Like, to me, that would that's what drove me my senior year. Um I was like, damn, y'all just – y'all forgot about everything I did. Like, y'all left me off all preseason SEC lists. And, like, like man, I was I was 13 coming off my sophomore year. I just got hurt my junior year. Like, y'all forgot. I was average about 19, you know, with two other NBA picks on our team. So, you know, I, I that, that right there would fuel me. And I hope it does for Olivia. I want to see him exert himself a little bit more. And hopefully, you know, it will show, and especially in SEC play, when you're playing against bigger guys, I think it's kind of hard preseason pre-conference when you plan against guard oriented teams you know but um that's my thing if you're in uh nashville or everybody streams now you've got to listen to ron slay a 104.5 the zone he's with uh brit doherty and don uh davenport in the afternoon and does a fantastic job Ron, we certainly appreciate you as always. Have a blessed day, and thank you for your time, sir. Appreciate it, y'all. Go Vols, baby. Thanks, buddy. It's Ron Slay. Ron yeah. Slay, nice enough to join us. Brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock, a personal injury attorney that can match those big-time insurance companies that have big-time attorneys. So, again, Ron Slay's appearance brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. If you're in need of any sort of personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area, they will take care of you. So um, Amanda noticed that I looked a little bit different a couple of weeks ago. Do, do you remember this? Do you remember? I was wearing glasses. Why? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, because it was right before it was time for me to get my LASIK surgery. So I've got that. I'm not wearing glasses any longer. I'm not wearing contacts. And it's because of Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. They are absolutely unbelievable, and they're local. Nowadays, what they're doing is people will advertise in a community like East Tennessee or Knoxville. And what they'll do is they'll just fly doctors in. They don't really get to know you. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, whether it's cataracts or whether it's, in my case, LASIK, 
they get to know you. So Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn is still local, and that's hard to find nowadays. More to come, including this day in Tennessee sports history. Give me two minutes. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. I can see. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas and fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Yeah, welcome back. It is time for this day in Tennessee sports history. And we want to be sure and thank the one, the only uh, Brittany for supplying us with a spreadsheet that I've, I've done pretty good with figuring out the spreadsheets. Amanda, what do you think? Uh, I think I think you've come a long way. Long I was watching uh, political coverage last night, so I've, I'm getting better at my political answers. Where you don't stick to one side or the other, you just say something that makes just it, it it makes sense, but it doesn't take a stand. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Well, I hope for those out there that voted and had serious concerns about the issues, and one was in my family. I hope things worked out for you, but I'm not going to take a side here nor ever <laughs> publicly. I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I did it again. That's right. You bring up a good point there. You do. Do I? It's a great point. That should be explored further down the line. This day in Tennessee sports history is brought to you by Nutrition World. Go to Nutrition World and Nutrition World. Don't be afraid of that acronym supplement store that isn't going to provide you what you need. Nutrition World is not like that. They make sure that all their supplements are absolutely top-notch. We're not talking run-of-the-mill with that acronym store. We're talking NutritionW.com, NutritionW.com, and they bring you 
this day in Tennessee sports history. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. New kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. You know, Brittany does a great job of giving us some really old ones. But what I'm most concerned about is, is there a point in which... Amanda, is there a point in, in in which, like, they've all happened during my life? Am I going to be that old? I mean, I hope not, because there's things that happened in the early 1900s, and I think they'll still be in there. Thank you. You're welcome. Feel better about that. Was that your politically correct answer number three in the past 30 seconds? Absolutely was. November the 9th. 1991. Wow, wow, wow. The miracle at South Bend. Uh, number 13 balls trailed number five, Notre Dame, 31 to 7. It's a blocked field goal. A Floyd Miley returned the ball 85 yards for a touchdown. Andy Kelly was 24 38 for 259 yards. And the miracle at South Bend happened on this day. Back in no, back in 1991. Wow! Uh, so I know a good friend of mine, Mike Stoll, who I was in his wedding, offensive lineman in that game. I know he is celebrating today. He celebrates it each and every day. If you talk about one of the top five games in Tennessee football history, that deserves to be up there, no question. Have you ever given up on a game, Amanda? A team that you were following that you enjoyed and that you gave up, and you said, I'm going to go do something else. Have you ever done that, and has it ever bit you in the rear? I have, and it hasn't. I gave up on that game because I saw the year before as one of my first in-person football memories. I think I've told you about the 1998 Notre Dame-Tennessee team. I've never seen more talent on a football field than that game. And in 1991, I'm curious if anybody – remembers this game yes we do have somebody was that a safety yes add two points um but that game is one in which i was in 1991 so i would have been 17 years old i said you know what i'm gonna go out and this is before dvr and all that stuff i said i'm gonna go out and play football with my friends because they need an all-time quarterback and nobody slings it around the yard like dave hooker is what i said no right it's so and, great that you have such a, you know, it's always good to have a good opinion of oneself. Yeah. Yes. Now, I'm curious, did they have me be all-time quarterback because I had a great arm or I wasn't a good athlete at playing other positions? That's that's the question. But anyway, so I went out and I thought, my friends need me, both sides, both teams, they need me to be the all-time quarterback. They need Dave Hooker before Hendon Hooker was even born. And uh, I went out there and we played and we were exhausted and we come back in. We caught like the last 30 seconds of that game because Tennessee was down by a whopping 24 points at one point, I believe. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable game. And 
I had to wait a couple of years to be able to see it on videotape because I went out and played backyard football. And it was one of the greatest comebacks, not only in Tennessee football history, in Notre Dame history, and probably you would say also in college football history. It was the miracle at South Bend. There were like eight plays that if any one Amanda didn't go Tennessee's way, they don't win that football game. There were like eight plays, and there was the the blocked field goal at one point where the young man blocked it with his rear, and kind of like the Mount Cody thing. That hurt. It didn't feel great. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's right up there with one of the greatest games. The Miracle at South Bend uh, this day back in 1991. Man, those teams were absolutely loaded, and I know that Andy Kelly is – was probably still to this day very, very pleased that he was able to get that monkey off his back because he threw a ball the year before in Neyland Stadium. It was a little bit flat and was intercepted when it looked like Tennessee was going to come back and win uh, the initial matchup of the home-and-home home series. So the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports is Zul Beer Company, xulbeer.com, if you're listening on the audio platform. And we've got exciting things to tell you about that, by the way. But Zul Beer Company has parking downtown. They also have worldwide award-winning craft beer, which I've gotten much better at saying. And it's it's a good time to hang out there, Amanda. No question about it. And watch some football. Wouldn't call it a sports bar, but great selection of beer and just across the board. And they do bring you the conversation we have with Josh Ward uh, each and every week. That's on our uh, YouTube page. So Zool Beer Company's just good beer. Yeah, and they actually do um, show Tennessee games. There's a private event space in the back. But they'll open it for the Tennessee football games. There's two 70-inch TVs back there and full sound. So they turn it up. You can go back there. You can watch it. You have a, you know, a server that will bring you beer. Uh, just go out, have a good time at Zool. And a bridge is always there on Saturdays. So you have a burger, beer, watch the game, call it a day. Yep, and a bridge, the burgers I keep hearing are absolutely oh, fantastic. So, so I need to get out there. What? Are those those smash burgers? Is yes. that what they're called? Yes, and they're ridiculously good. Ridiculous. What does the smash burger mean again? No idea. It means it's I good. think it means when it's too big to fit in your mouth, so you have to smash it down. Maybe. Yeah. See, okay. Dave, you already knew. So I didn't I don't know. I guess it was a bit of a rhetorical question. My apologies. Yeah, for that. I guess it is. Our friends at Pedigo Chattanooga want to remind you that you don't want to buy an e-bike uh, online via e-commerce because you won't have service. And Pedigo of Chattanooga is your home of a family-owned and locally-owned e-bike store. And with Pedigo, you know you're getting the best. You're getting the Cadillac of e-bikes, and you know they're going to last the longest, and you know you have service. If you buy one online, you're not going to have that. So that's why you need to go to Pedigo Chattanooga. And if you happen to take a long weekend and just want to tool around, Pedigo Chattanooga is a great way to get around town because parking, like most places downtown, is absolutely horrible. Brittany said she was born 18 days after that game. 18 days after. So you're coming up on a birthday, Brittany. Jeremy Lincoln thanking his mama with a big butt to block the kick. Um, that's exactly what it was, which probably means the kick was a little bit flat, 
as well. Yeah, probably. I don't think a butt six feet in the air. So yeah. That's that's a high rear. It is, but to be honest, if I had a blocky kick, I'd probably try to do it with my butt. You would try or you would hope that it would be your butt? I would try with my butt, I think. That would be probably my best shot. We need to do something special for Brittany. Uh, on November 27th is her, I believe, 23rd birthday. Is that right, Brittany? So we'll do something special for you. We look forward to that. I think okay. it's fun. And you're you're uh, pushing 24, right? I, yes, I just turned 36, but yes, pushing 24. I heard a little uh, nugget from someone last night that's pretty interesting, I thought, to shift topics on you for just a second, but I think you'll find this very interesting. <clears throat> so Peyton Manning left the Indianapolis Colts because they didn't think he could play any longer. And I know somebody very close to Peyton Manning's family that thought that he would never have the grip strength to be able to throw the football. They thought he was permanently damaged and that Cooper actually had a similar condition. And it was part of the reason he didn't play because of the stenosis in his neck. So they, they, they said at the time, this was before he came back and played for the Broncos. He could barely shake somebody's hand, much less grip a football hard enough to throw it. So I had somebody tell me, that was very, very, very close to the family, said he's not going to play again. Now, he ended up playing with the Denver Broncos. Probably, about, yeah, he had a great season, but the year he won the championship was a shell of himself. And I thought he did a fantastic job of maximizing what he had. But I heard a little birdie say that now they have a shakeup in Indianapolis. And now you have Jeff Saturday replacing Frank Reich, which is just bizarro because Jeff Saturday was just, he was supposed to be at ESPN the day he was announced as the new head coach. So that's pure stupidity. But I had someone tell me that Saturday is willing to do that and be an interim coach because he thinks that um, Peyton Manning might be interested in the GM spot. So if you're Peyton Manning, would you be more interested in running your Omaha Productions? Because that thing has gotten vast. I know you can delegate and have people work for you. Would you rather do that and the Manning cast, or would you rather run an NFL team? Amanda, which would you prefer? If, if I'm Peyton Manning, I'll, I'll go with what I would prefer as just me and then what I think he would prefer. Okay. So if, if I were Peyton Manning, I think that I would prefer to just stick with the Omaha productions and just run that because it's not, there's not a lot of stress. There's not a lot of, you know, it's, it's, it's your thing. It's not a whole team. It's not a whole fan base. It's just your thing. Peyton Manning, on the other hand, I think would rather be the GM of, of an NFL team like that, because I think he is obsessed with football. I think he is Tom Brady's same way. And Peyton Manning actually had the same surgery that my mom had on her neck where she couldn't even like lift her arm. So I know it was really bad, but I think that he would take that GM position hands down. And if he does, then just hand it over to Cooper. Cooper's good too. And you know, Cooper can do the, I'm talking about the, you know, Omaha productions, just hand it over to Cooper. I mean, apparently Cooper was the best one out of all of them. So just hand that over. Cooper can do it. We've seen him do commercials. He's fine. 
Yeah, I think that, and and Joe said this. I think Peyton has more interest in ownership of a t uh, of a team or a GM than a GM. And we're also talking about this could be like the vice president of football ops. So maybe not a GM where you make actual personnel decisions, but you hire the GM. So if I misspoke, my apologies. But I believe that Peyton would like to be a part of an ownership group of a team. I think he'd be around football. I think there would be a lot to that. I think the Omaha Productions is something to do for the time being until the exact right opportunity comes open. And it may well be the Indianapolis Colts. It's one of the rare divorces in sports where a superstar leaves on good terms. And even if they didn't, a lot of time has passed. And there's not a Lucas oil field if not for Peyton Manning. I mean, there's not, the Colts are not relevant to this very day, if not for Peyton Manning. I mean, that was the laughing stock, three and thirteen every single year, one and fifteen, until Peyton Manning got there and changed the tra- trajectory of the program. The Jeff Saturday thing is just the the most bizarre um, hiring that I could possibly imagine, Amanda. I mean, you had Hannah Storm say literally say that, um, hey, I just wanted to offer this up. Jeff Saturday is uh, now going to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts, so I guess he won't be here tomorrow because he had a shift to ESPN tomorrow. I mean, it was literally that out of left field. <laughs> I mean, she's live on the air and said, well, I guess we'll reschedule tomorrow's show. Maybe he wants to get out of the left field. Uh, Saturday we're going we're going politics again yes oh yeah with are you saying that ESPN leans left no no uh Joe also saying GM is too scrutinized for Peyton I uh, just my opinion I agree I think he needs to be a front office guy uh and having a 30 year old offensive coordinator passing game coordinator a 30 year old OC passing game coordinator okay but let's let's take this one step further. If you're Peyton Manning and you take a front office position, and Jeff Saturday, I think, is going to be an interim coach. And yeah, Dan Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky has said that he has spoken to Jeff Saturday about possibly coaching together at some point. And that he would and Dan Orlovsky, who is an incredible NFL analyst would like to coach one day. But if you're Peyton Manning, who do you call to be your head coach? Who's the perfect fit that you have a relationship with? Josh Heupel. Struck me about 3.30 in the morning in my insomnia when I was thinking about that. So if you're Peyton Manning... Do you stay true to your school or do you make an offer to Josh Heupel and know that you may undermine yourself and your fan base at Tennessee, but you already have legendary status and you can build the Colts up? Because I'm telling you, don't worry about Oklahoma. Worry about the NFL. Because the NFL loves them some Josh Heupel. 
He's a creative mon. He's a creative mon who has shown that he will adapt. Brittany says he better not. Yeah. I'm with you, Brittany. I'm with you. Orange Blood said, nope, Hype will not ready or cares for that. I don't know about the latter, but I can promise you Josh Hypel is a smart enough man where he is ready for that. He may not want it. He may not want to deal with divas. He may not want any of that stuff. I'm not arguing that, Orange Blood. But I will say that I don't know what's in his heart of hearts. And we really don't. Nobody does except for probably him and his family. But is he ready for it? Yeah. He could do that. He could do that job and have success. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Bill Belichick. That's just a rough thought, though. I mean, just thinking, could would Peyton do that to Tennessee? I think the only way that he would do that and bring Josh Heupel on, if Peyton, this is lots of ifs, ands, and buts. Sure. But the only way I think that Peyton would do that is if he had somebody else in mind for Tennessee. Like if he already had somebody in place that he thought could take the reins, because we've seen that Peyton is diehard orange and white. We've seen that he lives, breathes, everything volunteers. So I don't think he would just intentionally kind of screw Tennessee over unless he sees somebody that he could say, okay, you can come in and you can do this job. You can, you will be successful. And he has like a rapport with someone what would be super interesting? Just let's just throw this we all like out this there. Topic way I, too much. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to think of things like this. So, what would be super interesting? And I wonder if Tennessee fans would be okay with it. Say Peyton Manning pulls Heupel to the Colts. Okay. Say this is just a just a situation. What if Heupel goes to the Colts and Kiffin comes back to Tennessee? That's a big what if. Those are a lot of what ifs. Brittany says, time to change the subject. Let's move on. This is giving me severe anxiety. Again, this is a I'm one. Sorry, this is a one in a million chance of happening. I, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to scare anybody. But no. if you take a job in a front office position and you want to be an owner one day, you have to make the best hire for you. But would Tennessee fans be okay with with Kiffin coming back? Just asking. If Hypo leaves, would you be okay with Kiffin coming back? Because you know, you know I, you're going to win. One of our very valued and beloved clients um, actually still says to this day, he says, I, I wonder what would have happened if Kiffin stayed, and I kind of still like him. So, yes, I think there are some people – I don't think Tennessee's administration would ever go that route, but they should. Danny White would do it. I guarantee yeah. you Danny White would do it. I mean, if, if Josh Heupel decided he wanted to retire from coaching because he decided he wanted to go co- coach soccer like Ted Lasso, okay? And Lasso. That's, that, sh- that show is incredible. When's it, it coming amazing. back? It's been off for like 18 years. So um, it has years. to come back soon. Um, but if he decided he wanted to go coach soccer, then Lane Kiffin is the first guy you you should call because he would say yes in a heartbeat and the offenses are similar and he would do a great job. But I don't think, as Joe said, the power brokers at Tennessee wouldn't let Kiffin back. I don't think. That's what Joe said. Joe, I think you're correct. 
but it's certainly interesting to think about just offering that up and i am telling you that it's it's a it's a matter of time until an nfl team calls josh hype that is going to happen i don't know if it's this year it's next year or the year after and I, yeah, I think the NIL, though, also makes college, like coaching college, a little bit closer to the NFL. I mean, it, right. it does. It's, you know, I've, I've said that once you pay the players, and, and I'm not saying I agree, I disagree, whatever. We're keeping that out of opinion out of it. But once you pay the players, that's when they turn into divas. Once they are making the money, there's no incentive unless they're just good people who grew up like loving football and loving the team that they're on, there's no incentive to listen to coaches or whatever else, unless they, their dream is to make, to go to the NFL. But if all they're looking for is a paycheck, then you're, you're coaching, you know, the NFL caliber divas in college already, because they're already making money. So there's really no incentive for them to listen right. and, and get better because they're making money already and in the millions of dollars. Well, so, it, goes, it goes back to the comment, not ready for that, that he would be ready for the X's and O's, but not the rest of the mess. Well, college football could be mess. on the verge of messes with money flying around left and right. It very well could. I mean, you think Hendon Hooker, if you think Hendon Hooker picking up a Mercedes Benz of Knoxville endorsement deal is rare and out of the norm Uh uh-uh. that's only going to get bigger and bigger especially in a place like knoxville and i'm pointing out before which is a perfect mix for nil because they have corporate money and there's nobody else to really root for so yep. you don't have the competition that you have at other places if you're in atlanta you have to decide between uh, uga the Braves, the Falcons, the Hawks, where you want to spend your money in terms of marketing dollars. In Knoxville, if you want to be aligned with a sport, there's only one. Yep. Yeah. And I will say this. Do I think Josh Heupel would be ready for that sort of mess? Absolutely. Because oh, yeah. he's handled the NIL incredibly well. I don't think it's any more complicated now, I would rather, me personally, and I believe Josh Heupel feels this way as well, just purely based off people I talk to. But again, I thought Lane Kiffin would stay at Tennessee until they fired him, and that wasn't the case. But I will say this. I would rather be a college head coach. I think there is still some mentoring of young men. Now, that's not as strong as it used to be because they come in as divas and they're getting paid, and it's not quite like it was. But Jalen Hyatt's a prime example. That guy was off the rails 16 months ago, thought he deserved to catch a bunch of touchdown passes. Didn't happen. He changed himself as a man, in part because Josh Heupel offered that sort of guidance. Yeah. So there is still some of that. But is it as big as it used to be? No. Because a lot of these players come from, you know, not a lot, but some of these players come from really bad backgrounds where – they're they're not making any money coming in. They they come from you know, relatively some of them poverty. So their goal in life with football is to get to the NFL and make a bunch of money. That's their ambition. That's their drive. 
they go to college and already make that money, they're that ambition's gone unless unless it's for like more than just money. Uh, Joe says, I think the NIL has helped him more as a recruitment strategy and helped him recruit maybe better than he was able to at UCF. Completely agree with that. He's managed it very well. I think he could manage free agencies in the same way. But it's not supposed to help recruiting. Not supposed to, yeah. Owl's Nest Barbecue and Craft Treats brings you message board bingo. So if you are able to tell us what message board that this post was on then what fan message board then you can win either a barbecue pack from Owl's Nest Barbecue there in Ottawa that has all the rubs and the sauces and has everything you need including the Green Mountain Grills and uh, or you can choose if you have a pet you need to choose Craft Treats uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and tell you that because with Craft Treats they have the chill pills that'll help with your dog's dig digestive issues or anxiety issues or arthritis by the way Thaddeus on the chill pills. We gave him a little ramp, which I said I'd never do. And he said, you can take that ramp and shove it. And he just jumped on the bed last night by himself. Well, in a, in a few days or a few weeks, when that hip gets to hurting again, he's going to want to have that ramp back. He'll have the chill pills. And they're available at Craft Treats and Holistic Fantastic Treats for your pet. Don't forget, you save 20% at checkout with the exclusive code off the hook again the exclusive code off the hook message board bingo we got time for one make it a good one amanda Prada. wow my wife and i met one of our current commits parents at a swingers get together this weekend what there's yep their son told them some of the recruits are worried that not only is blank spying for this school you mean but swing that... dancing swing dancing right no no we don't but that the Hill decommitment is an elaborate scheme for Hill to get in with our recruits and start pushing them to A&M. The player says their recruiting has been so bad they are desperate. Level two, so take it for what it's worth. Brittany says, oh my gosh, I saw this one. Well, I guess you have anonymity if you admit you're a swinger on a college football message board. Not the way I would go about it, but still. I, yeah. Uh, so Brittany knows Brittany I'm making you ineligible but all right can we get a hint uh Gene says Ole Miss it could actually be Lane Kiffin <laughs> no Gene no, it's, not. Uh, it's not Ole Miss do we get a hint not Ole Miss. 10 uh, seconds and a hint orange orange and deals with A&M burnt orange I'm telling you what shade of orange it is. I think it's Texas. Okay, it's Texas. So no one wins because Dave just said it. Well, I mean, I have to move Good forward deal. at some point. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We thank you, City Heating and Air, cityheatandair.com. Integrity matters. Bassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It is worth the drive and a great place to have lunch or dinner or shoot some stick and hang out, throw some darts. And seeing some karaoke is Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies on Maynardville Pike. It's easy to find and great access from North Knoxville and Maynardville. It's been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone.